First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Senator Joe Griffo is on the line right now. Senator, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Hard to believe it's already June, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I can't believe it. Wow. Uh, and, and by the way, let me compliment the three of you on such a great show that you put on each and every day, even during your reruns. Yes. it's. Uh, <laughs> did you, were you featured in a rerun? Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, maybe I can advocate for that. Okay, good. Well, the guy to, to <laughs> I'd talk love, I'd to. I'd love to make the best of. The guy to talk to is Manaski. You gotta, you gotta kiss up to him here. You often make the best of, Senator. Like you, I'm sure you'll be on the best of this evening, and then maybe tomorrow morning as well. Thank you, Jeff. And I like what you're saying, by the way. If I can just uh, show my hand here, you're basically saying. Hey, I heard you can't find a job. Well, that's bull crap, and we're going to stop giving you money because there's all these jobs out here that nobody's taken. Yeah, we, we are experiencing uh, what normally would be probably something that would be a good problem when there's uh, more jobs than uh, people, right. even though we want to also try to make sure we're training people properly to take jobs that will be and can be available. But in this particular post-pandemic period, uh, the concern is that many of the businesses who are beginning to restart now and this is such an important time for not only their success, but for our community's uh, well-being. Uh, you cannot see these jobs go uh, unfilled because it will have a detrimental impact on the, what the service that they're providing, uh, as well as from an economic perspective in the community. Yeah. So what we're suggesting is there are a number of things that we can consider, but we've got to do something. My concern is we keep identifying it, reporting on it, talking about it, but what are we doing about it? And uh, there are several things that I've urged that we consider from many 24 states have eliminated the additional benefit. Uh, some have provided signing bonuses uh, in cases where uh, businesses have agreed to do something like that. A proposal that I've ad- advanced and introduced legislation I thought was reasonable and uh, in a common sense fashion is to uh, split the difference, so to speak, where if you're paying an employee a certain amount of wage, but they're making a little bit more on unemployment, we would take that uh, more that they're making on unemployment, add it on top of the wage that the business is paying during the pandemic period only, and uh, then everybody wins. The business gets the employee and and functions at full capacity. The employee is making the same amount they would have uh, on unemployment. And the state is saving money because you're not paying the full amount of money on unemployment insurance. So wait a minute, so, are you are you saying are you saying somebody goes out and they get a job? They're currently on unemployment. They get whatever the federal benefit is plus the extra three hundred dollars from New York State. They get a job, but they're allowed to to keep getting the New York State benefit, the extra three hundred bucks for on what for the rest of the summer? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's the other way, Jeff. It's the the extra benefit is federal. Uh, the state calculates it okay. on a, with a number of factors. So say, for instance, you were a business at uh, Town Square Media was going to pay you $500, but you're making 800 with the additional benefit on unemployment. So you're saying to yourself, now, making 800 here, I'll only be making 500 if I went back to Town Square. Well, we would, under my proposal, we would take 300 of the 800 you're, gotcha. you're earning, add it on top of the 500 Town Square's paying you, you're making 800 now. So Town Square gets you back. You're making the same as you would have on unemployment, and the state is saving $500 or $300. So there's a savings to the government. The employee's making the same amount of money. The business gets an employee back. Again, this is just to jumpstart everything during this pandemic period. 
which will ultimately end, hopefully, by the fall uh, with the federal des- uh, declarations. So the problem, uh, and- the only the only problem I see with it is now uh, employee A, who decided they were going to do the, the the honorable thing and they were going to go to work, right? Mm-hmm. So employee A decides to work. Now employee B, who has been on unemployment, decides, okay, after this incentive, I'll come back. Employee B is making $300 a week more than employee A. Well, yeah, if you were if you're in the same business, uh, right. that would be the case. If it's a different sector of the economy, yeah. you're right. It's no different than what we're talking about the incentives for vaccination right now. People who have been mm-hmm. vaccinated say, "Well, what about me?" So, uh, I like I, you know, as I indicated to you guys, this is a beginning. We need to do something. Yeah. I'm not saying this is ultimately the answer, but I'm trying to propose. Many people criticize us. Well, what's your idea? What do you propose that we do? So we're offering a suggestion. Uh, we've introduced legislation for consideration. Uh, there can be a myriad of things that can be done. My whole point, though, is we can't keep talking about this yeah, yeah. And, and see this continue to languish and, and businesses struggle. Uh, look at the lifeguard situation. It's ridiculous right now that here's a time when you were talking about how we're beginning the summer season. Right, right. <laughs> Excuse me. You can't find lifeguards. Right, and the importance yeah. of providing safety and recreational opportunity, and yet you can't fill the jobs. Mm-hmm. So, so we've got to figure this out, and we've got to do it now. We can't wait. So uh, I, I, I see like there's... already June. Right. I see that there's... Uh, this is kind of a... Uh, what, what, what's wrong with saying, okay, we're going back to the old rules, and that is if you're on unemployment, you have to search for a job, and if you can't get a job, then you'll remain on unemployment. But guess what? There are so many jobs out there. You're going to get a job. Yeah, what about that? And and we're cutting those that extra money. You don't need that extra money anymore because we're out of the pandemic. Well, that is something that I've also offered as options for consideration yeah. by the state government. Uh, I have had conversations with the Commissioner of Labor and have urged her to ensure that we're following the protocols and the statutes that currently exist. For instance, there would be sanctions if you refuse work or if you have not proven that you've looked for work. Uh, there is the concern some have expressed because they've identified COVID conditions as a uh, problem mm. and uh, they may fear you know, returning to work. Even that, though, I've said that under the CDC guidance, under the departments of health at the state and local levels, uh, who are doing, I think, the local levels particularly an extraordinary job in keeping people safe and ensuring that they're safe, uh, that you can return safely to work. So that right, even shouldn't right. be an obstacle to uh, bringing people back. So those conversations, Jeff uh, and Bill, I've had with the commissioner to say we need to consider um, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, including enforcing the sanctions that already exist right. uh, under state <clears throat> statute. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, um, this is, I, I, I guess this is one of those unexpected uh consequences from the uh, from the pandemic right yeah absolutely and uh it's it's similar to the uh the prices now right we're looking at there's a shortage and everything prices are higher you begin to scratch your head and say what's going on because you know people were buying products even before and all of a sudden now it's a problem whether it's fuel or food and uh and i think that's what frustrates people and that's why we've got to make sure we're doing everything possible particularly when you look at the Department of Labor has been plagued by a number of problems, right? Navigating the system to obtain your benefits, 
Then there was the identity theft. Then there was the overpayment issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, in, a, in my conversation with the commissioner, we just got to get this right. There are things we can do now under existing statutes, which we should do, uh, as we've discussed just now with enforcement and, in, yeah, and yeah. Per, ensuring people are out there returning to work. But beyond that, uh, we need to do something to uh, kickstart this yeah. now. Uh, here is Rich in Utica as a, a question for you. Joe, uh, Rich, you're on with Senator Joe Griffo. Hi, Senator. Good morning, uh, I just Rich. Got a quick, I just got a quick question for you. So uh, now that everybody's uh, going back to work, so uh, Department of Labor, they're all going back to work, opening their office, DMV, they're going to go back to work as an example to everybody? Mm. Thank you. I'll listen on that. Okay. All right. Thanks, Rich. Uh, are are yeah. the offices open yeah, now? I, 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 I think what Rich is saying, if I understood correctly, uh, the complaint here, but he's talking about when are these things going to start opening because yeah. people are going back to work. And what about the government offices? And yep. he's correct. All government offices should begin to function under the appropriate guidance right now. There's no reason for any facility, in my opinion, to be closed. Uh, so wherever we see problems, whether it's in the DMV uh, or in city halls, I'm hopeful now that uh, you're going to see a return yeah. to the routine business that the people need to conduct in these uh, uh, public facilities. I want to say I saw something from Madison County that mm, around June 21st, about maybe June 18th, some, somewhere just past the, the halfway point of the month, Madison County is going to reopen its DMV to walk-ins, no more appointments and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, actually, I think the 18th is Friday, and they open fully on the 21st, and it'll be like it was before. But I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen anything like that from Oneida County or from Herkimer County or statewide, the, a directive statewide that, you know, effective whatever, everything's going to be open again. I will uh, be checking with the commissioner of the State Department of Motor Vehicles as to a lot of people are in some ways sometimes misrepresent uh, protocols because, you know, it's easy to blame the state. And the, the governor has made some decisions that are inconsistent, obviously, and arbitrary, which we've been critical of in the past. But also, I think uh, some of these uh, units have been quick to say, well, the state is telling us to do this. So when right, that happens, right. I always check with our state uh, agencies to ensure that the locals are getting the right information so they're allowed to make their decision. But then also they need to be accountable for any decision that they're making that may be uh, inconsistent with what the state has recommended. Mm-hmm. CDC is a perfect illustration of that, right? They issue recommendations, and then people develop policy accordingly. The CDC is not telling you what to do. They're saying this is what we suggest and recommend yeah, yeah. based upon the science that we have. And, and I think that's something we'll – I don't have a specific answer right now, but I will check with the state DMV um, – I know that you know locally the, the county exec is, and his team has done a, they've done a great job and the county building has been open. So and these are agencies, even though they have relationships with the state, um, I think you can see and I'm hopeful that they will try to ensure that uh, these offices are returning back to a pre-pandemic period yep. where you're providing the service to the public in a in a format that uh, is easy to access. Mm-hmm. Uh, not exactly in the same vein, but similarly when we talk to preprint pre-pandemic conditions you know yesterday was the final day for bars and restaurants in new york state to have to close early that indoor dining curfew or the indoor service curfew ended yesterday so effective today i guess if they choose bars and restaurants can stay open till 2 a.m effective tonight 
This yeah. is going to be interesting in so many ways. So one of the challenges they're going to have now is the employees that we right. how we started this conversation uh, yeah. in order to maintain the hours. And I don't know what happened. And I heard Bill talking about this. I think with the sheriff earlier, uh, there is a concern, you know, of behaviors yeah. and and how people are going to establish policies uh, to reflect that. But also, does people do people look at things differently now? Did lifestyles changed in a lot of ways? So this is going to be an interesting period in so many ways, in my period. I'm hopeful that we return to pre-pandemic kind of activity and uh, that interaction and act, uh, things of that nature uh, that, we've, that we experienced prior. Uh, but we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, John in Bridgewater with a question for you, Joe. Hello, Joe. Uh, John, you're on with Joe. Hey, Joe, I got a question. Um, I was laid off in 2020 for about a month under the corona thing there, whatever, and the state withheld taxes and the federal withheld taxes, and they weren't supposed to. But the state's not going to reimburse me, but the federal government is supposed to. How do I go about recouping that money? Well, John, uh, I don't know. We'd have to check into that. So if you call my office, if maybe Andrew can keep John on the line and give right. him our yeah. office number, which is 793 <laughs> Uh, just call the office, and uh, we will look into that for you. All right. Uh, we've had some cases that are similar, and we've been able to assist. We've helped over thousands of people that have yeah. had some type of issue with uh, one of the state agencies. I can't assure what the outcome will be, but we'll do our best to advocate for you because I think, what you, as the feds did, the state should do similar. Well, uh, in the, fact, the we're state, recommending that even on overpayments. We've had that discussion before. Uh, hold on, it was John. an obvious hold on. overpayment. Uh, and people knew what they were supposed to get and got more, I think there's got to be a factor of accountability. But in many cases, people had never accessed unemployment, were never eligible, and as a result of the pandemic became eligible and didn't know what to expect for a benefit. And now the state's saying, well, we paid you too much, we want some of that back. Well, that's baloney. We should not, if, you made a, if the state made a mistake, it's their mistake that they're going to have to eat, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Now, I, I missed the number. What, what was your office hold number? On, hold on a second. We're going to have Andrew give it to you, okay? okay thank you, Bill. All right, John. Hold thank on. you. It is. I remember I had a, uh, I, years ago, I had a DJ service. And when I first started, my tax person said, well, you know, you have to collect sales tax. So every time I went out and did a wedding, you know, I don't know, $300 to do a wedding, I would add sales tax to it. I, I would sell it for 300 but I would pay the sales tax. So I was paying sales tax. And it turned out uh, by the time I was done, I don't know. I'd paid like seven thousand dollars in sales tax until my my new accountant said, "You're a service. You don't have to pay sales tax on that." And I, so I wanted to get the money back, Joe. And you know what happened? I couldn't get the money back. Mm-hmm. Yep, your mistake. Oh, a sales tax, but you had to pay the you have to pay the income tax, but the sales tax you don't well, have to pay service. That yeah. was a whole other problem. Yeah, uh, I lived with it twenty three or twenty five years old, but but. The, it's funny. I mean, I hate to say, but the government makes a mistake. And sorry. Whereas mm-hmm. if the the individual or the business makes a mistake, boy, you get penalized and fined and everything oh, else. Yeah, yeah. Just, and, and that, that's an excellent point. I know there are a number of legislators uh, with like like minded as myself that have tried to ensure that when the state makes a mistake, they need to own that mistake and they need to. In your case, they would have needed to remit the money to you right? Uh, because yeah. that's the fair way to do it. So I know I'm not sure in this specific case, so we'll look into it this morning, but uh, 
hopeful that we can uh, help him receive that money back because I believe it's fair. Interestingly, the way the state looked at it, and I, and I understand this, number one, that money's already been distributed out, uh, number one. Number two, um, the way they see it is that I collected sales tax. So I collected their tax mm-hmm. and then gave it to them. Mm-hmm. So it's really the, the person who had the wedding that was shorted and not me. See how they see it? Because that wasn't my money that I gave to them. The problem is I was just eating the sales tax. The, the wedding always right. was $300. I just paid that sales tax. I never really charged it to the to – the, so once I stopped paying sales tax, the price remained $300 to do, to do a wedding. Do you get that? Well, yeah, I that, do. That, well, that's similar to what the government does many times, and this is wrong too, is if they were – if you are late in a payment that's owed to them, they'll assess a penalty. Right. But if they're if they're late in giving you a payment that remitting something back to you, there's no interest that's put on that. Right. They just yeah. did the right, and that's wrong too, in my opinion. So yeah, I know you're right, Joe. Okay, interesting stuff. I do think that we need to. We should not have to go the whole summer with this unemployment problem lingering out there. I mean, this is especially when we have rates that are lowest. The lowest since they've since the pandemic started, our, our rates are so low. You can go into any store now, and most people aren't wearing a mask. Yet those very same people that probably are not wearing a mask in Walmart are on unemployment and say they're afraid to go back to work. Are you afraid to go back to work, or are you just enjoying this time? That's my question. Well, right. Yeah. We're in the yeah. final couple of weeks of the legislative, regular legislative session, so it'll be interesting, and I'm sure uh, we'll be talking uh, – few more times before the end because there's uh, yeah. a lot that will probably be happening okay andrew uh two really quick listener questions one um with regard with regard to unemployment are those on unemployment still required to do their i don't know if it's weekly or monthly uh proof that they are applying for jobs no and, and then uh, yeah yes Yes, they are. Are they? The the answer to that is yes. The problem was that there was a different uh, structure put in place mm-hmm. because of the pandemic conditions. So I think so we need not. to change that to go back to a more traditional format. You know, where people not only are looking uh, online, but there's so 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 there is a requirement. The question is how that's being enforced right now. I used to remember you'd get you. We would always get somebody on unemployment that would apply for a job they were never going to get. Right. You know, I'm 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 applying to be a microbiologist, um, yet I don't have the education. Could you sign this paper here? <laughs> yeah. right? That I right. shows that I tried. Right. Um, second question. And the Andrew. second question: Are you? What is your stance on mandatory vaccination for SUNY students to return to school? And if opposed to it, will you be fighting it? Well, that's already a decision that's been rendered right now. That's made by the SUNY Board of Trustees and the Chancellors. That we have been inquiring uh, as to the policy and what the options may be. Unfortunately, the uh, mindset of the legislature. Is to let the executive and and the um, um, in this case SUNY Board of Trustees and SUNY Chancellor make these decisions. My general perspective is that we should provide for all, but mandate for none. So, I, I listen. Force them all to do it. They don't want to do it. Don't go to college. Go somewhere else. That's how I see it. You get vaccinated so you don't get me sick or somebody else. You piece of garbage. That's how I feel. Oh wow, now, that's a if little you can't, so forced. If you it, 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 you have to get a vaccination to go to, to have your kid go to public school. Why is this any different? It's not any different. If you aren't able to get a vaccination for a medical reason, there should be a there there should be an exception. But otherwise, if you want to go to school and mingle in with everybody else, 
then you better damn well get the vaccination. Oh, That's how I feel. Joe, yeah, I, I, I never get I elected. Think, I would never get elected. They'd never elect me. I, I think, I think they wouldn't elect those, me. It'd be terrible. Ultimately, uh, these decisions will probably end rest in the courts, I think, because of the different perspectives, not only in the community, but also in the political realm. How so, is this uh, any different, though, Joe? How is this any different than requiring a public school student to get a vaccination, to get polio, to get measles, to get mumps? How is this any different? And I don't think that I don't think the governor is going to force vaccinations on on students. Well, you can't anyway, right? Because it's not even eligible. You're not even eligible under the age of what twelve. But how is this any different? It'll be an interesting uh, conversation. Uh, I think you need to talk to people that have medical and clinical experience on this type of questions. Whether or not there's what the benefit is and what the uh, Risks may be uh, for different populations, uh, age groups, as you're talking about. My, my perspective simply is, as I indicated to you, provide but not mandate. And then ultimately that the uh, courts probably will be making the rulings that will, um, will various entities will have to comply with. All right. Okay. All right. I disagree with you on this one, Joe. Uh, but I know a lot and of I people, a, a lot of people disagree with me and, uh, you know, I really don't care. So, with that said... Well, we can agree on one thing before we end the conversation. It's hard to believe it's already June. Can you believe it's June 1st? I mean, it's here already. Can you believe it? Who who saw it coming? Joe, I wanted to... You know, we had a conversation recently... You know, the answer answer to that one might be that why is it June is because we're at the halfway point of the year. It could be. Maybe that's how people look at it. Like, six months are already behind us, right? And technically, July 1st would be the halfway point of the year because you're through six months, and then you have Mm. six more to go. We're okay. right, right now. Right. We, we're through five. We've got seven to go. Joe, we're here to just disagree with you today. I hope you know that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm still going to compliment you because it's say something nice, right? Uh, today is uh, say something nice day. So here's what I'd like to say that's, that's something nice. As people are now calling in and, and yelling at Andrew because of what I said about vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, uh, I think that one of the, the, the very important jobs... Uh, people in the legislature or people in Congress, uh, Senate Assembly, uh, the works. I think one of the very important jobs is constituent services, helping people out when they are in need. And that is one of the things, Joe, that I don't believe uh, most people uh, give you credit for. But you have an amazing office over there that goes to work and goes to bat for people when they're not getting what they, they, they should be getting, whether it be government or from wh- whatever the scenario. You guys do a very, very positive job over there in that regard. Well, thank you. We have a great staff. They all uh, work very hard, and I'm proud of all of them. And you're right. We've helped a lot of people, and, and not only sometimes in government-related problems, but even outside and different levels of government. But uh, that's a a philosophy uh, and a pledge that we made uh, from the very beginning when I took office. And I'm proud to say that uh, we have a staff that believes likewise, and they work hard and hopefully are are making that difference each and every day. So thank you. All right, Joe, thanks. Have a wonderful day. Take care, Senator. Have a good day. Enjoy June 1st, June Day. Today is National June Day. National June Day. Uh, Can I bring in uh, Rick here from Rome? Hello, Rick in Rome. You're on the radio. Hey, good morning, Bill. I just wanted to let you know there is a little difference between the uh, shots 
that the children ha- are required to get now in the vaccine that you're talking about. Okay. One right. is an emergency use authorization okay. versus okay. approved by the FDA. Okay, that's fair. Have you and got another one? Is have you four thousand people? Four thousand yeah. people have died from this vaccination. I don't think four thousand children have died from getting their vaccination for the measles or the mumps. And those I, I, I I don't know anything about your numbers, to be honest with you, Rick. But I I think that the number of people who have died from the COVID-19 vaccination, from the vaccination, is so low, it is insignificant. And I it know is. that anyone uh, who yeah, dies... 300 million people get and I, it and only that many die. It is an, it's a very I understand. Low Any single person yep. that dies is terrible. But, the, but, but you're saying but, what's the difference? There's many, there are well, that, that's not, because there are, there are rare instances as well with measles, mumps, and polio and those vaccines where there are... Complications. There are there complications are much, in those much, as well. Much lower percentage. I don't know what the percentage lower. is, uh, but I could make it up. That tends to be what we do on the radio. We just also, say I things we, yeah. we don't even know what we're talking the, about. We can agree so. about the emergency authorization versus the FDA. I agree with you. I do agree with you. Have you gotten Great. the vaccine, Rick? I haven't. You haven't. You're not going to get it. I'm not against it, though. I'm not preaching against it. I don't post against it. Okay. I'm, I'm happy that anyone that wants to get it, they could get yeah. 10 of them if they want. I do you? Do you? Uh, I was going to get 10 to be able to get the scratch offs. <laughs> so, um, do you? I may have the. I may have the antibodies. I have to be tested. I believe I had COVID, so that's the reason. Well, and I, I don't and, wanna... and I, I had it as well, and I, I did get the vaccine based on the recommendations that I received from my my physician. But I want to ask yep. you too, Rick. When you go into a store, if it says non-vaccinated do you wear a mask and they ask people who are not vaccinated to wear a mask do you wear a mask i absolutely wear a mask good, and good I want, for you. I'd like everyone to wear a mask that's not vaccinated. listen you know what's going I, around the diarrhea that's what's going around now the sickness the <laughs> stomach sickness all of a sudden yeah. everybody started are you are you hearing it manaski was sick last mm-hmm. week i had to go through my house we all of a sudden you start hearing people getting colds again i was enjoying that uh, respite from from all of that yeah, stuff. I've got, so. Matter of fact, Bill, you wouldn't know it by listening to me right now, but I've got a mask on. Do you do? Well, I cannot tell. <laughs> so that's really good. All right, Rick, thank hey, you. Appreciate it, Bill. Okay, Thanks. you have a great day. Uh, that is uh, Rick in Rome. And listen, I know I, I get fiery on this, this, this topic. It's just how I feel. I, I feel that I don't have a problem with it being like cruise lines. The, the governor in Florida is going nuts over the, the cruise lines that are saying that you can go on a cruise, but you must be vaccinated. And the governor is trying to prevent that from happening, so they're at odds. I think the governor is wrong. If they want to require that, it's their business. Let them require it. What's it his business to get involved with them? And by the way, the, 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 the virus or any virus on a cruise line, you might as well name it. Instead, of they have all these, these majestic names for these cruise ships. They might as well just name them all Incubator 1, Incubator 2. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. Uh, some comments here via the WIBX 950 app. Dave says this gets back to when we were talking about hourly wage. Who? Uh, why would someone want to take on the responsibility of being a lifeguard for $13 an hour when they can be a cashier at Target for 15 bucks an hour? Maybe the local cities need to pay uh, need to up the pay scale a bit. Um, or they can sit at home for who knows what. Yeah. Do nothing and make more money than they'd be making lifeguarding. Yeah, and I wonder yeah. if I wonder if they're having an issue too at pools finding lifeguards to do this. 